0: Oh my gosh, Democrats, you got to wake up for me, guys. You got to wake up for me. We are in such powerful, terrible, awful trouble. Oh my goodness, guys. And so what we're doing right now is essentially um, there are some very important warning signs coming out of where we are going. Um, We are in a situation right now where there are counties that have gone in the past to Joe Biden in the 2020 election, have now swung all the way out to being Republican districts. Um, And that's not entirely surprising, considering that, um, you know, uh, Donald Trump is no longer on the ballot, and so in that case, there's really, there's no one to vote against. You can't get Republicans to come vote against somebody, and they're certainly not going to come vote for you, and they didn't vote for Joe Biden, they voted against Donald Trump. And so, um, really, uh, the, the, sort of the canary in the coal mine of all of this is, of course, Virginia, but, you know, Virginia, but we'll get to Virginia in just a second. We'll get to reconciliation in just a second. There was an election yesterday that happened inside of Iowa House District 29. Now, this, it is a part of what are called pivot counties, which are the counties that voted for, uh, Barack Obama 2008 and 2012, but also flipped to Donald Trump in 2016. Those are what we call pivot counties. So, yeah, so the District 29 unofficial results. It looks like the Republican has won. I just want to go a little bit of uh, a, a background in Iowa uh, for this particular, I guess, for this particular district. It's overwhelmingly white, overwhelmingly white. Very few people there are, are, are not people of color. Um, I'm guessing it's over 90 percent white you know 74% of age are are of, of age to vote and it looks like about and so out of 33,000 people 34,000 people it doesn't look like more than maybe 6 or 7,000 actually took place oh my gosh it, even less than that even less than that i mean these it, it basically came down to was it 2020 20 plus 1890 i mean it's 4710 dude i mean the
1: 4710 out of you know 4710 out of how many thousands? Is it is 33,364? I mean, you're talking about that's insane. 14% of the population turned out to vote. 14% of the population turned out to vote. That looks like some early 1800s like kind of shit. That's insane to me. That's insane to me. That is insane to me. That's, that's, that's wild. That is, that is so wild to me. I mean, look at the race
0: in 2020, right? Now granted, that was an election year. It I got the calculator again, right? Eight four seven one seven nine five four sixteen thousand thirty three.
1: Let's just say thirty-four thousand, right? I mean, that's close to fifty percent of the population turned out to vote in that county. And right now, it's less than, and right now, it's less than twenty percent. I mean, that is that is a huge drop,
0: and that might be in line with things like you know, congressional election years. But that is not that does not spell well for this. First off, this guy Wesley Breckenridge. I just want to point out, I don't know him from Adam. I don't want to make any claims against him. But I will tell you is that he left Iowa
1: Law Enforcement Academy. He went to go be a cop. And he left this on September 10th, 2021. That's insane. That's like, that is like some underhanded game playing is what that is. That is underhanded game playing. That is, yeah.
0: I don't know what that is, but it don't smell right to me. Thank you. <laughs> NBC, thank you. Okay, so, I mean, yeah, he, they lost. Um, the Republic, excuse me, the Democrats lost in, uh, even this past time. Um, we came, it was about six and a half points, maybe seven points that close, and then there's nine or so, there's eight or nine or so points between the two of them. That's quite a spread. Um, that's quite a spread. That's very concerning. Bellwether, that does not spell well for this upcoming year. That does not, that does not spell well at all. That result is very, very concerning and it does not seem that that is a good idea. That seems like an awful lot. It it seems like a really bad way to start off the election season. Um, this is not the first special election that has gone to Republicans. There was another one down in Texas that went to Republicans. I mean, that's not that surprising, but we are just getting to a point where uh, the red alarm bells are beginning to are beginning to go off. And once again... Wake up out of your sleep.
2: Wake up. Wake. Wake. Wake up out of your sleep. Wake up. Wake up out
3: of your sleep. Wake up. I command you
0: in the name of Jesus. Wake up. Wake and the thing is, it's it, I mean, it's getting bad. It's getting really bad because now we have. And so I guess we'll start off here. We'll, we'll sort of p- pick up now in Washington. You know, this is this. This is not looking good now. I mean, yesterday, she's not means testing things. And I want to be clear. She was a big part. Nancy Pelosi was a big part, not only in defeating Medicare, like expansion, not in terms of like dental care, but in terms of like down to 55 or 50. Um, she, on the other hand, we had to settle for 60. Um, she, on the other hand, has been also pushing and also there's Cobra subsidies, uh, which Lisa and I did talk about. Um, however, um, in that interview, we'll release a longer one as already stated. Um, but my point is about her is that now we have an issue where this money needs to be monitored, right?
1: She gave three and a half trillion dollars last year. In the first recovery bill, the one that included
0: stimulus checks, the one that included unemployment insurance, that one, the one with the eviction moratorium, that one is the one that had trillions of dollars. And Bernie Sanders said to place people like Lindsey Graham and Chuck Grassley, like, no, seriously, guys, people like Ben Sasse, seriously, guys, if you don't include the $600 unemployment insurance, you, I'll take the whole bill.
4: Sarah, we're seeing some late-day snags in support for the stimulus bill. Last hour, we told you about three Republican senators who are uh, pushing for some language changes in the bill because some workers would stand to earn more through these unemployment. Uh, funds than they would in their uh, median incomes in their current jobs. And now Senator Bernie Sanders has tweeted, unless Republican senators drop their objections to the coronavirus legislation, I am prepared to put a hold on this bill until stronger conditions are imposed on the $500 billion of what he is calling a corporate welfare fund. That is the money that is uh, earmarked to go to uh, aircraft carriers or air carriers, uh, to national security uh, companies and to these 550, $450 billion of eligible miscellaneous businesses that will receive this money. So he's pushing for more restrictions on that.
0: I'll take the whole bill. Not kidding. And, you know, he was pretty serious and they kept in the $600 unemployment insurance. If people think that's like a lot of money, it's really not. It's like $2,400 a month. Most regular unemployment is like 100 or $200 for most people right? I mean, you're talking about $3,200 a month. That's not insane amounts of money. It's very little money in terms of like what the actual cost of living is, what it takes to be secure in your finances, what it takes to be secure in your person. Like that's just, yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that's wild to me. That's wild to me. Yeah. So, and so here we go. I mean, in terms of no monitoring at $5 trillion, I mean, no, she didn't monitor any of it. And it's quite upsetting at the fact that she's doing it. Um, I, I, I just don't understand why, why are you deciding to do this to people in terms of like paying taxes? Dude, I understand you need to keep money coming into the treasury, but are you serious? Like, are you serious right now? Are you serious? Like we are in the middle of the
1: worst economic crisis, probably since the South Sea bubble crash, since the enclosure process began in England. And so she is promulgating means testing. This is a form of means testing. And I I just, yeah, one way to track them. That's insane to me, guys.
0: People who can't afford to pay their taxes. That's wild. Okay. I mean, it was just, and what's insane to me is that we're having this conversation as though, like, U.S. corporations pay their taxes. I just covered this yesterday. Elon Musk literally has emeralds in his pocket coming to university. And we're talking about, oh yeah, he works for it. He does all the rest of it. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. And not the emeralds in his pocket and not the incredible amount of funding that that guy has. Without that kind of backing, without that kind of, uh, through, without that kind of wealth and power, you literally, you can, you can have intelligence all day long. But if you don't have a platform or if you don't have the ability to achieve your goals, actual life goals, then in that case, you just don't get the chance. But, I mean, not for Elon Musk. And apparently, there's no monitoring of the tax situation for multinational corporations who she gave $5 trillion to last year. See, one of the key
1: for's in the No Tax Better bill that's been proposed is IRS cracking down mm-hmm. the unpaid taxes. Mm-hmm.
3: Banks are starting to get calls from customers, and they're reporting these calls they're concerned about this tracking of the, of transactions that is greater than $600. Um, so Americans
1: are starting to be about this. Do you think that
2: this pay-for of, of giving the IRS more money to track down on taxes is going to stay in the reconciliation? Yes. What do you yes. To yes. Yes. Government? Yes. Well, I, I, I mean, with all due respect, uh, the plural of anecdote is not
1: data. I've said that before here. Yes, there are concerns that some people have, but if people are breaking the law and not paying their taxes, one way to track them is through the banking measure. I think 600, but that's a negotiation uh, that will go on as to what the amount is, but yes.
0: That is insane to me. She's talking about yes. Now notice, she I want to tell you, Nancy Pelosi is worth almost $100 million. Her husband is involved in many housing companies so-called housing companies apartment complexes all sorts of stuff like that that is what that's what they do and so now this lady is 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 is, is talking about how they need to be monitoring deposits in people's account like i just dude i don't dude we man <laughs> dude you are so out to lunch just so out of touch that and the thing is that is a symptom if not a cause of, of of a lot of the shit that's going on. It's the reason why we're probably going to lose. I mean, like, no one's enthused to come and vote for the Democratic Party, dude. I mean, you're talking about a few thousand people came out to vote for the Democrats. Are you serious? Are you serious? The president should be in that same county. That, like, someone should be campaigning there. I don't... I don't understand. We, we, we could compete there. We could compete there, guys. And... Just like no Mickey const, and you know what, and you know what, we're gonna we're gonna play no Mickey const here in just a second, you know what, and just and exactly, and just now that I think about it, the fact that no one was in Iowa, no one was in Iowa, no one was, no one was in Iowa, no one was in Texas, no one is going out of their way to do stuff. I mean, you have people like. Barack Obama coming out you know for Terry McAuliffe and that is not surprising in a state like Virginia I mean we got to see the article right we got to see where it is that he's going exactly in Richmond October 23rd no I mean I'm not going (laughs) I am not going I mean look I might to go I might go ask Terry McAuliffe some questions um that I mean that might happen I mean why not yeah I know um and and so yeah uh now he's going to be in Richmond on the twenty third. Um
1: I mean I'll ask
0: Terry McAuliffe some questions. I mean hopefully get a get an answer from him. I mean the thing is for in Virginia, our vote totals were still pretty high every year, but I think mostly that was just because Donald Trump was in office and it was a way to send
1: a message to him. Forty nine percent, forty four percent, four point two margin error. Oh my god. The same poll in August bomb I'll call it for the nine point eight. Do get out of here. Do get out of here. Wow. First Lady Jill Biden will campaign with Henrika on t- on Friday. Stacey Abrams, a former who will become a national figure. McCullough.
0: See, the thing is, I don't really have any questions for people like them. I mean, we pretty much, I, I already know <laughs> what a lot of these people are going to say. But if I mean, if I need to get, you know, I guess if I need to be professional, I need to go ask people questions. I guess I got to go ask Terry McCullough a few questions, which I really don't need to ask him any questions. Like, I already know what that guy's thinking. He's pretty clear. He's already been governor before. It's not, I don't think there's anything he's going to say has really surprised me. Um, that's fascinating. If I were not to win this, Terry McAuliffe said on Tuesday, this would be, as I say, the comeback of Donald Trump. This would lift him off the mat. He would use the launch pad to campaign in 2022 and then set him up for running
1: for president again in 2024. That is bad news. That is bad news. That is bad news. And so, he Terry McAuliffe also stated,
0: quote, There's going to be a lot of excitement. The stakes are so huge. People don't understand. They come out in presidential years, but they have to come out in this off year. End quote. And you know it's it's not surprising. I mean, Stacey Abrams being down in Norfolk is not surprising. Barack Obama coming out in Richmond is not surprising. Jill Stein out in Henrico County is not
1: surprising. They are aiming for certain audiences. They are aiming for that. They're aiming for that. They're aiming for that. And I mean, I can't and the thing is, in Virginia, as I said, the backbone of the Virginia
0: Democratic Party are African-Americans. It's the reason why Ralph Northam was governor. It's the reason why Tara McAuliffe was governor. Um, they really pulled in the African-American vote, and they need it in the state in order to keep the state and congressional majorities, and, and federal congressional majority. They have to keep that. And they can see, just like me, the polling numbers, that that minority group is beginning to get away from them Because black people don't owe the Democratic Party their vote at all. Very often we vote for them because we know how much danger we are in if the Republicans were to get in power, right? Choosing between the knife and the gun. The problem is, is that, you know, they are, I mean, they are really, they're playing dice here with Terry McCullough. They're playing dice here because this guy's not offering anything. They're just offering not to be as bad as Republicans, and that is not... I, I just don't think that's going to cut it.
1: I just don't think that's going to cut it. I just don't think it's going to cut it. So, um, yeah. I mean, that'll be interesting.
0: Maybe I'll go out there um, 23rd, or it, Saturday? Jesus Christ. That's like, yeah, that's like Saturday after next. I mean, it's not surprising. Um, If you have a chance to go out and vote, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Um. I, I mean, I am going to vote for Terry McCullough. Um, you could put the clown nose in the paint, and the, the wig on me now, but I can't allow, I mean, he, I don't like this guy, but the political analysis here in terms of, I mean, of course, he, he's not an idiot. Um, I don't think, I don't think Terry McCullough's an idiot. I just don't like his politics. If, you know, if I were not to win this, this would be a comeback of Donald Trump. You know, this is, I mean, this is really concerning. That's really concerning. And I will be making more detail. Actually, I mean, I guess I'll I I was trying to wait to hear back from um, people like, you know, Sarandon and also um, Calia and Chelsea Higgs Wise and a few other people in the community regarding in in my community in particular. um, My part of Richmond, which is Princess Blanding um, about a month ago, about a month ago. Princess Blanding interrupted um, between uh, Terry McAuliffe and, and, and Youngkin. And what's amazing is, is no one knows what his first name is. I don't know. What you, is it Glenn Youngkin? Is it Glenn Youngkin? It's Glenn. Okay. <laughs> it's Glenn. Okay. Um, and I'm not here. And, and this part of this is not going to be here a judgment to make about whether or not about third parties. That's a whole different conversation, particularly with, for African-Americans. That is a very tough conversation to have. Yeah. So Princess Blanding, she um, she interrupted. Um about a month or so ago and I'll go ahead and play
3: that. <laughs> This is I have right to be on I to to But
0: I mean this is a part of um and you know and that and that was Princess Blanding. Having a, and that was Princess Blanding interrupting Terry McAuliffe and Glenn Youngkin debating on September 28th. Um, she is a part of a lot of young people, and she is not the first. I, I, I also want to remind you all that there is also someone else who is very similar to her um, in terms of, you know, exactly where she's coming from, and her name is Alexis Rogers. Um, but I've been following her since last year. She sort of jumped in the race very late, she was able to pull out quite a close call. To people like current mayor, which is Lavar Stoney, but yeah. So last year, um, she sort of entered the race very late, and she wasn't very well known. However, she was able to pull out more than a conservative woman who goes by the name of Kimberly Gray, um, but who's been trying to claw at power in Richmond for quite some time. But Lavar Stoney, he, I mean, he. It was closer than I bet he would like. I mean, that's 29,000 people right there, more than the Republican next to you. And Princess Blanding and Alexis Rogers represent a very large section of the black population that is beginning to get irritated, very irritated, at the idea that they are going to be simply taken for granted by the Democratic Party. And they're being shut out from the media. And they're they you know, I, I recently have worked with Sarandon and you know her story was doubted, her story was called into question, and you know, that's good. I mean that's what a journalist should do is look through it. But the problem is at the end of the day the story is true and all the facts line up and just no one cared. Um and so people are really frustrated by that. People are intimidated by that, people are scared by that, and so This is all a reaction to the fact that a lot of people are kind of tired of dealing with the conditions that exist in black communities and particularly it not being addressed by it just not being addressed by Democrats. If it is not being addressed by Democrats, it's not going to be addressed really by anyone. And so those are the only people that even give us the time of day. And I mean, here we are on some net favorables. This is from a YouGov poll out um, as of yesterday. This is an online poll. Um, you know, Biden's is is underwater by eight percent in terms of favorability ratings. Um, AOC is down under nine percent. Harris is under eleven. Trump is down twelve. I mean, you guys are in the ball game range of Donald Trump. I mean, now note, cinema and Manchin are both disliked even more than Trump and Biden. So once again, this whole idea that somehow they're being, that they're, that they're somehow being more conservative, therefore closer to the middle is not true.
1: And these two, I mean, Jesus Christ, the kind of, kind of humbling they take in the media.
0: But I mean, it is concerning. And I mean, I don't really have any, I don't really have any definitive comment or whether or not, you know, people should vote for a third party. Because I don't really think that it's a it's a problem of oh, people who would vote for a Democrat are not gonna vote for a Democrat now and now you've given the race to the Republicans. In some very close races that may be true, you know? However, even in the case of some place like Florida, Ralph Nader did not
1: cause Al Gore to lose the election. Because Al Gore didn't lose the election. He lost the Supreme Court case. Those are two different things. And so, I mean, we are we are at a point
0: where, you know, the situation is getting pretty bad. And so even though Donald Trump doesn't have a platform um, anymore, even though he doesn't have Twitter or YouTube or anything else like that, instead... Now he's going to, I mean, he's gone to places like CBAC. He has a rally on, on last Saturday I refu- i didn't cover because I just, I'm not covering that. I'm not putting his name in the press. Um, But, you know, I mean, they are, I mean, I mean, there's a new CNN article out, you know, Republicans rally around possible 2024 Trump bid as they downplay his role on January 6th. I mean, we forget this is the guy. This is the guy who decided that he was going to, instead of just accepting that he was going to be defeated, he instead decided to create a fiction around why he was defeated. That it was stolen from him, and this is exactly out of the talk that I had with Dr. Adam Ewing, which is that it's, on, that it's this constantly recurring theme
1: in American politics that only the deserved should win. Only the deserved should win. And we
0: are the pure and chosen few and all the rest are damned. There's room enough in hell for you. We don't want heaven crammed. You know, that is sort of their thinking. I mean, this guy, this guy started a lie that he lost the election. And and the reason why is because there's huge historical precedent for just that, you know, (laughs) just that limerick, which is. Only white people, legitimate white people, should be voting. There's always this qualification in the United States, because we still don't have an affirmative right to vote. We have amendments against restricting certain aspects of voting. Like, you can't be denied based on national origin, place of, you know, that sort of stuff. You can't be denied the right to vote based on a poll tax, you know.
1: That sort of stuff. That is that is concerning. That is concerning. That's concerning this is the guy that led an insurrection on January sixth. This is that guy and i and I remember i had i i had and i and I very
0: rarely actually say um you know very actually rarely say conversations that I've had with other people. But I had a conversation with a, a prominent journalist who stated who I was like, hey, I want to put together a compilation and I want to upload it of the January 6th events. And I want to like sort of put it together like ProPublica did, did an amazing timeline um, where basically you can go through and it's for free. You can go through and you can see uh, like minute by minute what was happening on January 6th, how people gathered, what happened. This is basically what Parler saw. And this is what they were doing. This is what they were doing. This is what they were up to. This is what the President of the United States led us to. And because the Democrats did not successfully hold his feet to the fire, and on top of that, they're not delivering on the promises that they made, this guy, this creature,
1: could crawl back from the depths. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. You gotta, you, I mean, you gotta wake up, guys. You gotta wake up.
0: And, uh, and let me tell you something. If Barack Obama and Stacey Abrams and, you know, Joe Biden out here, Rico, you know, if they, if they're not doing it, if they're not doing it, man.
4: An exit, please.
3: Ah! Ah! Reinforce steel? Not good.
1: Yup.
0: not good at all guys not good at all it's not good and i'm also going to put just a final point on the conversation about drug legalization this is why drug this is why drug criminalization around the world is a bad idea the drug war is not just within the united states the drug war was an international war that the united states is still especially under joe biden is still exporting still funding still combating especially in places like South America, and it's reached places like Southeast Asia. And so with Duterte, now we got to deal with this nonsense.
2: By the Bill of Rights. We have a constitution similar to the United States. Rappler is known for exposing the so-called war on drugs, but where thousands of Filipinos have been killed. Can I correct how much? It's not just thousands. And this is Michelle Bachelet at the UN who, who used this number. The latest estimate is since July 1, 2016, until early this year, more than 27,000 people killed. That's a UN estimate, right? The Philippine police will say, will admit they've killed more than 5,000 people. Even that number is huge. But there's another bucket that they go off. It's more than 30,000 homicide cases under investigation. This parsing of the details allows lies to continue. And That's explain one. institutions uh, similar to the United States. Ruffler number. The latest estimate is since July 1, 2016 until early this year, more than 27,000 people killed. That's.
0: I mean, I mean, that's like I mean, that's insane, dude. That's insane. That's like three and a half years. You got, I mean, let's just do a rough calculation. You're talking
1: it's almost four people a day. That's almost four people a day the police killed. Not drug overdoses. Not
0: right not not drug overdoses four people were killed per day since early, since june of 2016 now we are all the way here with this man still in office and murdering people who are accused of drug crimes.
2: It's a U.N. estimate, right? The Philippine police will say, will admit they've killed more than 5,000 people. Even that number is huge. But there's another bucket that they go off. It's more than 30,000 homicide cases under investigation. This parsing of the details allows lies to continue. And explain by the Bill of Rights, we have a constitution similar to the United States. Rappler is known for exposing the so-called war
4: on drugs.
0: I mean, it is it is very concerning as to what's going on inside of um, inside of the problem is, is that Democrats are really the only people who still believe in some form of small d democracy. Um, and Republicans really don't care. Um, it doesn't matter to them. Um, that's not what they're after. They're after power for power's sake. And they are ho- and not just bought and sold, as Bernie Sanders says, but they are wholly owned. And they work at the behest of corporate America and it is, and, and also some of the worst
1: factions of the American public. And I really, I can't think of anything worse, anything worse than them having power. I may not like to look or have Nancy Pelosi up here, but I will tell you um
0: she looks a lot better up there than um Joe McCarthy does. Because let me tell you something, if Joe McCarthy were up there, we wouldn't be saying shit about $600 deposits for kids. Wouldn't be saying shit about it. And I, and I expanded on this a day or so ago. The reason why I think much of this is happening is not just Democrats being Democrats. Not just because Donald Trump is not on the ballot anymore, right? It is also due to the fact that when it comes to the unemployment situation in the country,
1: there is simply no, I mean, there is just, there is no, there is no reprieve for people. And people are really
0: losing hope. And Bernie Sanders said it earlier this year when when it came to ARPA, that we had to pass ARPA. Because if you don't pass ARPA, people are no longer going to believe that the government can solve their problems. That is a loss of confidence in government, not even in the Democratic Party. And it is it is it is incredible to me that there is a huge economic crisis occurring right now still with another likely on the way due to Delta, due to the other variants that have begun to come out in terms of coronavirus like late. Late this year, I mean, we are going to reach over a million people who are dead. Official numbers, not even unofficial ones. Fauci told Bernie Sanders that that number is likely much higher.
1: We know that there are reports out saying that it's likely much higher. It's 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 fucked, guys. It's fucked. And so, and the reason, and a I main, I
0: mean, a main reason of why it is fucked is because people like Terry McAuliffe, people like Barack Obama, people like Stacey Abrams are still. Around and they're still running the Democratic Party because we put Joe Biden in order to beat Donald Trump. The problem is now we have Joe Biden to deal with. Not just in terms of opposing him, now we have to be the ones to go out and also defend him. And how do we defend? How do we push? How do we tell the Princess Blanding supporters of the world? How do we tell all the Alexis Rogers of the world their supporters? How am I? How am I? Right, a black communist supposed
1: to go back to people like Alexis Rogers, people like Chelsea Higgs-Wise, in my community, after the kind of ostracization, the kind of demeaning, the kind of alienation that these people experience, that their constituents experience, and how am I supposed
0: to go back to them and say, no, go vote for the Democratic Party, or at least, or, or not even no, I would encourage
1: you to vote for, for the Democratic Party. How do I say that? Because I can't say that right now. I can never say that. And it's concerning because we are quickly encroaching upon a situation.
0: The Republicans cannot come to power. It cannot happen.
1: It cannot happen. It cannot happen in Virginia. It cannot happen. And so uh, whenever I I I think about the failures of the Democratic Party. I think
0: about twenty sixteen and the Bernie Sanders campaign. I think about twenty twenty and the Bernie Sanders campaign. Back in the day, Nomiki Khanz was a reporter
1: It might have been an investigative reporter, but she was definitely a reporter for TYT Investigates. And she was a delegate at the Unity and Reform Commission that was put together by Sanders delegates and some neoliberal delegates. And so here we go. Okay.
3: This smells. This doesn't just smell to the public right now that the budget of the party was never put before, forget about the budgetary committee for a second, put before the people who have a fiduciary responsibility, whether it's Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, whether it's Donna Brazil when she was chair, when she was vice chair, or vice chair Ray Buckley, or Jim, Dr. Jim Zogby over here, that's over half the executive committee right there, had no idea where the money was going. We spent a billion dollars, lost the easiest presidential race you could possibly imagine, With joint fundraising agreements, state parties weren't being funded. During the DNC chair's race, there were some state party chairs who said, I'm an acting executive director and I have $3,000 cash on hand. How are you supposed to rebuild the party if you have no idea where that money was spent? And you know what? I did go through FEC filings. And it doesn't look good. It smells. We're talking about close to $700 to $800 million between the joint fundraising agreement and the DNC being spent on five consultants. This is not a public outrage issue. The DNC chairs are upset. The officers are upset. And I don't know who's on the budget and finance committee. I did go to the meeting. It was 15 minutes long, and there was a pie chart that was, that was put on screen. But I would, as a Democratic Party member of this commission, we have a duty, and people are watching us right now. The number one issue I get asked out in the public by DNC members is, what are you going to do about the budget? It is absolutely ridiculous that we are going to keep a status quo system when it basically says we're going to continue to lose 1,200 seats. Let me describe what losing 1,200 seats looks like or the remaining seats we have. If you're in Ar- Trump, yes, but let's break that down a little bit. If you're in Arizona and you have an ectopic pr- pregnancy, pregnancy, you can't go to a Planned Parenthood clinic because it's gone because that state legislature is lost. So you have to drive over to Mexico. If you bleed to death on the way, you know whose fault that is? In my mind, that's a democratic party that wasn't funded, recruiting candidates, investing in in, in local parties, and that is our fault, because we have put that money to the top five consultants. And part of that has to go to the conflicts of interests. This is outrageous, it's unethical, it's bad government, and frankly, it's fucking, excuse me, corruption. So if we do want to look at this budget and finance committee, I advise, I'm sorry here, I advise that it be an elected budget and finance committee, we have very clear standards of oversight, and that it is not just looking at past budgets, but putting forth a budget for debate with the people who have a fiduciary responsibility in that room, so that they can find out. Is this an open bid contract? Because the budget, you know, Congresswoman Fudge mentioned it, it, it doesn't have to do with vendors. Well, the majority of the budget goes to vendors. So we have to have a conversation about who are those vendors. And that would happen through a budget and finance committee or another committee. But I think what's key is that that committee has oversight and it is elected. Because right now, these committees are stacked with whoever the chair decides is on the committee. And I don't know what the chair's interests are, because you know he's been chair for, for eight months. I don't know who he's in line with. But we don't have time. We have a freak in the White House, and state legislatures controlled by Republicans, and poor state party chairs like Jane Klebb having to go out there and fundraise on her own, because the Democratic Party isn't able to allocate money. All that money we went to presidential races, but it was burned, lit on fire. And who suffers as a result of some consultants getting third, fourth, and fifth homes? The American people. People being rounded up by ICE. Let's keep this in perspective right now. We have a duty here, and it is not just a duty to our committee men and the status quo. It's a duty to the American people, to the Democratic Party members, to the DNC chairs, to the DNC members, the executive committee members, and the people who have a fiduciary responsibility. Dr. Z-
1: Precisely. 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 Uh, precisely. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's a very
0: interesting situation. Um, we are in. It's a very tenuous situation. Democrats are, again, asleep at the wheel. They are not taking this seriously. Um,
1: we jumped in bed with Joe Biden and it's, um, We are in trouble. We are in trouble. We're in trouble. I will, uh, I'll catch you guys next time.